If you ever have the chance to watch the security video from a neighbor's camera across the street of Jeremiah, who is Jeremiah Lee, who is joining our church to meet today, and me meeting over coffee two years ago, you will think that it's the dullest video you ever watched in your whole life. Let me just say that again. If you ever watch a video of the security camera across the street from Passenger Coffee, you'll think it's the dullest video that you've ever watched. All you'll see are two guys sitting in front of a coffee shop over there on Plum, talking together on a cold December pandemic morning back in 2021. But by only watching that video, you will miss just about everything that happened. You will miss Jeremiah and me connecting over his parents' roots from Taiwan and my years in China. You will miss us connecting over his gripping story of growing up in New Orleans and then fleeing after Hurricane Katrina to relocate in Houston, Texas. You will miss us connecting over our stories of being baptized as young men after a time of significant personal chaos and needing God's grace to come and stabilize us. And you will miss that Jeremiah first connected with our church quite literally through our electric charging station for his car. That's what drew him first to us. And then his relationship with Camden Town, a fellow uh, resident at LGH, also drew him to our church. And dear friends, when you watch that boring video, you'll miss one more very crucial thing for me, your pastor. We were sitting there during some of the most discouraging times of the pandemic. Remember them? And while we were together, <laughs> the Holy Spirit was gently ministering to me, texting me, and saying, Todd, it's for stuff like this, connections like this, that you need to keep on being a pastor. But as I said, all you'll see on that video are two average-looking guys talking for an hour, leaving without even shaking their, each other's hands, right? <laughs> it was the pandemic. And going their separate ways. So you might be sitting here today asking, hey, preacher, what's your point? My point is that not everything that is significant, not everything that is life-changing, not everything that is really real 
ever shows up on a video. Amen? Even though it very most definitely happened. Now I share all of this today with you so that we have a little bit of empathy, solidarity with our dear friend Luke, author of the book of Acts, who is trying to describe the indescribable, who is trying to describe the ineffable, who is trying to describe the unexplainable, who is trying to communicate with us how at Pentecost the Holy Spirit falls upon the discouraged and dispirited followers of Jesus and transforms them into an inspired and bold community that goes out now to welcome everyone to the ends of the earth, all people of every race and gender and orientation and class into the family of God. And in verse 2 in our reading today, Luke tells us that the sound that suddenly fills the room is like, like the rush of a violent wind. <laughs> and then in verse 3, he says, they saw what seemed, are you with me? Seemed to be tongues of fire that came and separated and came to rest on each person in the room. I take all of this descriptive language to mean that none of this so far might ever have showed up on the video, even though it's very real. And I'm not saying all of this to cast doubt on these events, but to narrow the gap between this Pentecost story and what we experience here at East Chestnut Street Mennonite Church on Sunday morning. When we gather here, as it says so beautifully in verse 1, when we are all together in one place. Very important for the church to gather together. Do not neglect, Scripture tells us, to gather together regularly or we'll miss something. Here in our worship, I've never seen tongues of fire. Have you? But we've felt them. Sometimes when we're singing together, especially when we gather in the aisle together close, shoulder to shoulder singing, or when someone's preaching or sharing a testimony during community life, then we definitely do feel the Holy Spirit moving in our midst, this energy of love that we can't explain or describe, but we sure feel it.
within the Trinity of God. The Holy Spirit is the midwife who brings new and beautiful things to life. As Elisa shared with our kids, at the birth of the universe, God's Spirit hovers over the face of the waters. In Hebrew, the word for spirit is? Yes. We're getting fluent in Hebrew here. It's a feminine word. That means wind. That means breath. And at Pentecost, she hovers over Jerusalem and brings the church of Jesus Christ alive. She is the holy comforter, the advocate, the enlivener, the connector who comes to groan in us when we cannot pray. Ever had that happen? To agitate for what is good and just and right. To remind us of the words and the ways of Jesus. And to guide us day by day more and more and more into the truth. And back in Jerusalem, Luke now tells us, there's a growing cacophony, a polyglot hubbub of voices. The inspired followers of Jesus are now speaking in every language of the empire, speaking with ease and fluency and beauty about God's reconciling love for all people in Jesus Christ. A love that they know now cannot, that death cannot hold in its power. And a video now would show these joyful people, women and men, spilling out into the streets of Jerusalem and quickly drawing a crowd. Because it is the festival, festival, the streets are filled with people. And they all gather and they hear this message about Jesus in their mother tongue. And there's something that's so crucial about hearing this message in our own mother tongue. And they all ask together, what on earth does all of this mean? What does this mean? If you look at this image on your bulletin, the coming of the Holy Spirit, dear friends, I believe is God's miracle of connection. Pentecost is the miracle of the Holy Spirit bringing connection where there used to be isolation and dislocation, division and separation bringing together Jews and Gentiles, male and female, rich and poor, tax collectors, zealots, Roman centurions, and eunuchs. Gather them all in. And let me return to a quote that I shared with you a few months ago from Victoria Lourdes, 
a pastor and writer, she reminds us that if we take apart the word religion, we get re, which means again, and we get legion, or ligios, which means connection, and we hear it in ligaments. So religion means to connect again that which has been separated and torn apart. And I urge you, I plead with you this morning to remember that. This is what true religion is about, reconnecting, gathering people together who have been once torn apart. And we have to ask, don't we? Is that what we see religion doing all around the world? Bringing people together or tearing them apart? The Holy Spirit comes to connect us, connect us with God. Sometimes with sighs too deep for words. The Holy Spirit comes to connect us with Jesus. Reminding us of his teachings and as we read scripture, guiding us into the truth. The Holy Spirit comes to connect us with ourselves. We can get disconnected from ourselves. And the Spirit convicts us sometimes of sin and saves us from moral and relational disaster, healing us to become who we really are in Christ. And finally, the Spirit comes to connect us with the most unexpected and unlikely people. I mean, just take a look around here at East Chestnut Street. How did we all end up together? The Holy Spirit draws and connects us so that we can be a church whose greatest witness to the world is not that we all agree on everything. Do we? No. Our greatest witness is the way that the Holy Spirit has drawn us together to be connected in spite of our differences. And this diversity and unity is what makes the body of Christ beautiful, attractive to the world around us. So let me close by moving from the theological to the practical. A key part of my own spiritual journey these past years has been learning to notice when the Holy Spirit is texting me or speaking to me through others and then to respond. You ever get those texts? Don't block them. Don't block them. 
I'm really serious about this. When we finally start listening, we discover these spirit promptings coming our way all the time, really. Prompting us to move towards someone, to pick up the phone, to slow down, to pause for beauty, to actually see the person that we're with, to connect with one another in some new or healing way. I used to not want to listen to these promptings because I was always afraid that the Spirit would give me another thing to do on my to-do list. But did you hear in that list that I gave you? The Spirit also asks us to, do, to set aside stuff, to slow down, to see what is actually happening right in front of us. In fact, right now, is the Holy Spirit texting you? Laying something on your heart? I think so. In John 7, Jesus compares the Holy Spirit to a river of living water. Isn't that lovely? As we connect with this river, drink from it, it becomes in us and in others a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. This artesian well of the Spirit flowing through us. And we, my dear friends, can then flow with God moment by moment, hour by hour, through our days. And there's no greater joy than when we flow with God in this way. Let us pray. Come, Holy Spirit, come. Transform us, change us, melt us, mold us in ways that can be seen on video and ways that will never be seen, but are oh so very real. Come, reconnect us in this very moment with God, with each other, and with our own true selves in Christ. And may your healing and hope flow back and forth, back and forth between all of us and bring us alive. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.